part three in the Leap series. This whole series uh, has been about taking a leap in your life. And uh, this is a leap year. Did you know that? This is a leap year. Yesterday, you got an extra day, people. The 29th of February. Doesn't always happen, folks. Every four years, we get another day. And so you got that. Some of you didn't even know. You've been blessed by the Lord with an extra day you don't even know. Give Him some glory today. Come on, in Jesus' name. Another day. But this, the series is all about taking a leap in different areas of your life. It's that leap of trust, that leap of faith, that leap of action, whatever it looks like. And, and I want to say many of us, we can find ourselves going around and around kind of the circle of life where we, where we just kind of do the same old thing. We live our same old way. We, nothing really changes. Nothing really happens. And we keep going around and around and around. But there's these moments where if you want to see a change, if you want to see growth, if you want to see God do something in your world, you've got to take a leap. It's kind of like Peter in the boat, right? Like he could have stayed in that boat. He could have hung around the boat. The boat was nice. He knew the boat. He had friends in the boat. They could have just walked around the boat. But he hears the call of Jesus to something greater, to something more. And he takes a leap out of that boat. He does something no one's ever done before. And he experiences something no one's experienced before. Friends, 2020, Elam Papakura, it's time to take a leap. Amen. Come on. Listen, I need your help today to preach. Like I said, I'm sitting on a stool. I'm not very dynamic. I need just, if you, even if you think this is okay, just say amen. Just like, just whatever you got. Like, even if it's just a, uh, just, I'm, I'll take it. Uh. That's, that's all I need, man. So I want to talk about taking a leap uh, in your relationships. I've titled this message, Let's Talk About Us. Let's talk about us. I want to talk about taking the leap in relationships. And I've got three different leaps that potentially you might need to take today to go further into the life that God has for you, especially around this whole area of relationships. I want to get straight into it right now with the first leap. Okay, you ready? If you're ready, say I'm ready. All right, first leap is this, the leap of I'm sorry. Now, now I should have I really positioned my points better because we're going to go a little bit heavy first up. You know, uh, I've been married, this is my 15th year married. We've married 15 years of September, right? I know, I look like I'm 15 and it's amazing. You know, it's just incredible. This is what ministry does right here. This is it, man. This is Frosty's future. He looks handsome right now. Give him a couple of years. It's gone, bro. It's going to be gone. Uh, or kids, bro. Kids, these baggy eyes, kids, bro. That's what it is. Uh, I've been married 15 years, my wife Bex, and she's amazing. Uh, but I've learned in that time the power as a husband of the words, I'm sorry. Even if I don't know what I did wrong, I'm sorry is a powerful thing. Even uh, if I didn't do anything, just I'm sorry is a very powerful statement. Did you know, this is a true story. One time uh, we were asleep, my wife and I were asleep, and uh, she had a dream. And in her dream, in her dream, Steve, me, in her dream was hanging out with another girl, right? In her dream. She woke up the next morning, she was so mad at me. Like she didn't talk to me for hours. I had to apologize for what I did in her dream. Not even real me. I said, babe, I'm so sorry that I did that in your dream. I'll never do that again. Like, like <laughs> powerful words, I'm sorry. But if you want to, like, I guess like a biblical framework or bi biblical wording for what this is, it would be the leap of reconciliation. The leap of reconciliation. Because there are a few things in this life more heartbreaking and burdensome in your world than relationship breakdown. Like when, when, a, when a relationship you have with somebody becomes dysfunctional or it doesn't work or there's conflict or there's, there's, it's like it's heavy, man. It weighs on you all the time. It's always there in the back of your mind and it kind of never leaves you. And, and, and add to that, there's nothing 
probably more damaging to your life and to your heart and to your soul and to your mind than the things that go along with relationship breakdown, which are things like unforgiveness and bitterness and resentment and all that stuff. And it just kind of clogs up your life and it becomes incredibly destructive on the inside of you. And it doesn't matter like what situation, this could be in a marriage context, it could be in a brother, sister, like sibling context, it could be in a coworker, it could be in a church, fellow church member, it could be uh, when any kind of setting that you find yourself, there can be in a family, there can be these relational breakdowns, relational conflicts and relational divides. And it hurts and it's heavy and it's horrible and it's not nice. And, and no matter who you are, no matter where you're from, all of us can be people who experience this kind of thing. We can be victims of it. We can be partakers in it. We can be bystanders, but it, it can affect every single one of us, no matter where you are. And the cool thing is the Bible actually has a whole lot to say about this, like a whole heap. You find the first thing here in Matthew 5. If you've got your notes, it's there. It may come up on the screen behind me. Matthew 5, Verse 23 to 24, Jesus talking, he says this, Therefore, if you're offering your gift at the altar, in other words, if you're coming to honor God and glorify God and worship God, and remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled, and then come offer your gift. This is like Jesus is highlighting the power and his heart towards people being connected and reconciled, that there wouldn't be division. It actually reflects the bigger heart of God for all people, this heart to reconcile, this heart to bring healing, this heart to bring wholeness. He's saying, leave worship, go deal with the problem, and then come back to worship. Here's what we do. We leave the problem, we come to worship, we go back to the problem. So the heart of God is, is, is the other way around. Leave that, go deal with it, and then come back, and you'll be in a much better position in your heart and in your life to connect and commune with God. Colossians 3.13, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. How many are so thankful for the forgiveness of God? That every debt, every sin, every shame you had, He's like, all gone, done, don't worry about that. Same way with other people. Matthew 18.21, this is Peter saying, comes to Jesus, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times. He's like, I'm going to be generous. Not one, two, I'm going to say seven. Up to seven times, Jesus' response is this. I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Other translations say 70 times seven. It's like this exponential amount. He's like, you think you're being generous with seven? Jesus is going, I'm going to take that a whole way further. It's not like that amount is really quite figurative. It, he means over and over and over and over again and again and again. It's exponential. It's unending. It's, it's, it's like this, this huge number. And Jesus is saying, like, if someone hurts you, go forgive repeatedly. Go forgive over and over. And you see uh, th this heart of God coming through in the Scriptures for us to be connected and reconciled and, be on, and, and find healing and wholeness, not just with Him, but also with each other. And, and I know in a room full of people like this, right now there's probably people coming to your mind in your world where this is, this is a reality. Possibly the Holy Spirit is even reminding you of people in your world that there is this relational breakdown and things. And, and even now, there's probably those feelings of pain and hurt and anger and resentment and bitterness and all those kind of icky feelings that sort of come up to the surface when those people come to your mind. And I want to say to you, perhaps today is the day to take a leap. Perhaps today is the day to take a leap to say, I'm sorry, to find healing, to find reconciliation. Now, I'm not saying that today's the day that they're going to become your best friend again. 
I'm not saying that if you go and do this, everything's going to be awesome. It's going to be rainbows and unicorns, and it's all going to be like best friends again. It's all going to be back to normal, and it's going to be better than it ever was. That can be the reality. It really can be, and I've seen it so many times, where, where God can just do an amazing work, and people who are so divided can become so close again. But it may not be the reality. In fact, it may be the reality that it's not good to have that person so connected still in your life, but it, the better reality is that you find some healing there. Maybe the heart of God is still, you may not be best friends again, but you could find a level of healing and wholeness and growth as a part of this journey. It, listen, it takes a leap. It really does. You can't just keep carrying on the way you're carrying on and expect it to get better. It takes a leap to put yourself out there and do something that's going to bring some healing to this thing. And I know it takes a leap because I have experience in this area. Now, like many of you in this room, or maybe not like any of you in this room, because this is Papa Kuda, you guys are perfect. I have, um, my family is mildly dysfunctional. So like some of you in the room, you know what I'm talking about. My family is mildly dysfunctional. So a number of years ago, probably over 10 years ago, there was a drama, a conflict, something happened to my family, and one of my immediate siblings uh, disowned my family. So they were like, we don't want anything to do with you, don't want anything to do with my parents, all that kind of stuff. So they basically cut ties with everybody and distance themselves, and, and, and it was quite horrible. We really tried to do some, like try and fix it or whatever, but it was like there was hurt and whatever. And, and I don't fully understand it, uh, but that's the reality. And so for over seven years, uh, this sibling didn't talk to me, didn't see me. We tried to reach out a number of times, and it just kind of went nowhere, and it was just really like heartbreaking. Like imagine, it's heartbreaking that that Christmas, like they're just not there anymore. After that many years of being together, birthdays, not there anymore. Christmas, not there anymore. All the nieces and nephews, don't get to see them anymore. All these kind of like horrible things that kind of take place in that. And uh, we were living in Whangarei for most of that time. So we, we, we passed our Whangarei campus for four years. Uh, we've been back in Auckland now for five years. So being in Whangarei, there was a bit of distance. And so there wasn't like the, it wasn't as close. But when we moved back to Auckland five years ago, I realized, man, this sibling of mine actually lives and works in the same area that we do. And I'm like, man, it's, Auckland's big, but it's not that big. It's only going to be a matter of time before I'm walking through Countdown. And the sister that hasn't spoken to me for seven years walks down the aisle towards me. And I'm like, hey, this is awkward. Getting some beans? Great. Like, like what? <laughs> What are we going to do? It's, it's, and I'm like, man, my heart is not that there's this tension and divide and horrible awkwardness. My heart is that there's some reconciliation. So here's what I decided to do. I, I found I, they'd shifted jobs and stuff over the years. And because and we hadn't had contact, I didn't know. So I just Facebook stalked them and uh, found out where they worked. And, uh, and it wasn't, wasn't far away. So I decided I'm just going to show up. I'm going to get in the car. I'm going to take a leap. I'm going to get in the car. I'm going to drive there, and I'm just going to walk in the door and say hello. That's what I'm going to do. So I did. I got in the car. I, I like, took a deep breath and trusted God that he would do something and just drove. After seven years of not seeing them, I literally walked in the door. Of their work, and it wasn't like they were a teacher or anything like that. I'm walking in the classroom like, hey, what's up? Like, it was appropriate that I would do it, you know. So I walk in there, and I'm just like, they, they look at me, and they're like, what? They stunned, but I just put a big smile on my face, walked over, gave them a big hug, and we chatted for about an hour. It was just an amazing moment. Now, is that relationship perfect now? No. Are we talking every day? No, but at least there's a level of healing. There's a level of reconciliation. There's a level of wholeness that's come to both of us in that process. Friends, maybe today's the day to write a letter. 
Maybe today's the day to make a phone call. Maybe the, today's the day to, to knock on the door, to go and pay some of, someone a visit, to just suck up a little bit of humility and go, maybe I need to say I'm sorry. Maybe my heart is to try and build some reconciliation here. You will be amazed at what it does to you and them as you go on this process. You will be able to walk free, more freely into what God has got for your life. That's step number one, the, the leap of I'm sorry. Is that good? All right, let's go. The next leap, number two. The leap of I do. Number one, the leap of I'm sorry. Number two, the leap of I do. That's right, people. I want to talk about marriage. I'm going to talk about it. Um, one of the most terrifying leaps I had to take in my life was to ask Bex to marry me. I was so nervous. But more than that, the most terrifying leap in terms of getting married for me was asking her dad for permission. Because I'm like, I wanted to be old school and do it right. So I'm like, I need to ask your dad for permission. Now, my, my wife, Bex's dad's name is John. He's awesome. He serves on the worship team at Botany. He's a lovely guy. We get on really, really well. We've got a great relationship. But I was petrified to ask him for his daughter's hand in marriage. And we've been together for like five years. So he knew me really well. So I was like, I've got to do it. I've got to take the leap. This is, this is my moment. So I knew that Bex was going out of the house. She was living with her parents. She was going out of the house for an hour. She had like a worship practice or something at church. And so I knew I had a window of opportunity where her dad was going to be home, where there was going to be an hour that I could sit with him and be with him. Now, it wasn't abnormal for me to go and hang out and watch sport, just me and John. So this wasn't a weird situation. So I go over to the house. Bex is there. She's like, I'm going out for an hour. I'm going to go to church. I'll be back in an hour. I'm like, cool. So me and John are just sitting on the couch. We're watching TV. I have an hour. So this is what I do. I sit there. I'm like, okay, cool. Ask him. Ask him. Ask him. Just ask him. Just ask him. Go for it. This is your moment. This is your moment. Ask him. Ask him. Three, two, one. Now. Three, two, one. Now. Do it. Do it. Now. Do it. Now. Do it now. 58 minutes goes by. I'm not even lying. I'm not even lying. I have no idea what's on the television because I'm perspiring. I'm sweating. I'm just like, I can't. I'm just, like, just do it now. Just do it now. Just do it now. Okay. So it gets to 59 minutes. And, and, and I know she's walking in the door in one minute's time. I've got no other thing to do. I'm just like, just do it. So I just spurred it out like it was the we haven't spoken for 59 minutes and I just go hey John would it be okay if I asked Bex to marry me and he goes he goes oh 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 like he's so surprised that we're talking now he's like, oh he goes uh oh um yeah yeah I guess it'll be right I was like awesome that was the end of the conversation that was that was how I asked and we and then we literally said nothing I got up and I just went home like it was just I was so it took this kind of leap to to step out and do it man and, and many of you in this room, like I wanna, and I want to speak to the married people in the room today. And I'm not doing that to exclude anybody, but I do want to just speak specifically to those who are married just for a moment. Don't, don't be offended that I, if I'm not speaking to you, but this is for you for future. And um, I want to speak about your, where you're at in terms of your marriage right now. Because maybe you got married a number of years ago, and maybe you got married recently, and you're like, man, it was great. We started off, and it was just awesome. It was just like the most fun thing ever, and it was really, really cool. But if you're honest, maybe right now over, over time and over the years, or, or things have happened, kids have shown up, work's gotten busy, maybe right now you've gone from thriving to existing. Or maybe in your marriage right now, you've gone from doing okay to doing not so good. And I know we like love to walk into church like we're all awesome and God is good and everything's amazing. But the truth is you were probably killing each other in the car park just downstairs. Look, we heard you. It's underground. There's echoes, man. We heard you what you was going. You're coming in like, we're happy. We're like, we know you're not. Like, it's a, you know, don't, don't be pretending here, man. But 
Listen, the honest truth is like maybe, maybe right now, the current state of your marriage, you're like, it's good, but it could be great. It's good, but it could be even, even better. It could be, it could be awesome. It could be flourishing. And, and, and I want to encourage you. I want to stir you. I want, if you're married in this house, it takes a leap to be better than where you are. Because you can just keep going on and existing the way you are, and it's okay, or it's mundane, or it's awkward, or maybe even you're like at the end of your rope with it, man. Maybe like, I'm just so, we're so nearly done. But it takes a leap to say, hey, let's have an honest conversation about where we're at. Because you don't have those conversations normally. You don't have that honest conversation just sitting around the dinner table going, how was your day? Like, you, you, it takes a leap to sit down and go, I'm putting myself out there and say, how do you feel we are? Like, how are you getting on? How are you experiencing? Like, what, what, what's this like for you? And have those big conversations. It takes a leap to go and do something to make your marriage better. It takes a leap to say, we need help in our marriage right now. Like, we need some help. We need some intervention. We need someone to step in and help us on this journey. It, it really does take a leap to put yourself out there and, and do that. And, and I want to say, as a church, we believe in strong, healthy, vibrant, godly marriages. This, we believe in it, man. Strong marriages equals strong families and strong communities. Like, we, the heart of God is not that you exist in a marriage, but that you thrive in your marriage. Like, that's the heart of God. And, and so maybe this year is the year to take that leap and do something about it and what's beautiful as a as a church you know we've got six locations and we've got so much resource available to us that is like actually far beyond any one campus and we've got resource available to people in this room to anyone in this room if you want to grow in your marriage be better in your marriage we've got resource available to you like at the at the botany campus we've got so much stuff going on for marriage. We've got Making Marriage Better courses. We've got Alpha Marriage. We've got Preparing and Rich. And, and the, I know there's people in this room that are passionate about it, can help you on your journey. But that's the beauty of being part of something bigger is that you may not have all the resources here, but we do collectively. And so we can help you on your journey. And, and, and what I want to say is this. For some of you in this room, you need to send an email. And you need to email this email address on the screen behind me. If it's there, I'm praying in Jesus' name. Lord, let it be there. It's called marriage at elamchristiancenter.org.nz. If you need help, email. If you want to know how to be better, email. If you want to know what is available to you resource-wise, we can help you. Like we, It would be our joy to help you. There's people gifted to do this. It would be their absolute pleasure and joy to sit with you and help you on your journey. To email that email address, just reference that you're from Papakura. Like our team will get that. They'll help you. They'll give you everything that you need to help you thrive in your marriage. We literally will do whatever we can to help you on the journey. Don't settle for average, man. Take the leap. Go for the leap, man. Go for better. Go for great. I want, uh, on this whole topic of I do in the marriage thing, I want to speak to another group of people in the room. So married people, you can stop listening now. Uh, but I want to speak to a different group of people. This, these, these are the people in this room. And in a room this size, and I know where the campus church is, the size of that we are, I know that there's probably a number of people in, sitting in the room right now who um, you're living together. You've been together for maybe a long time. You might even have kids together. And walking around church, people maybe even just assume that you're married, but the truth is you're not married. You're living together, you're cohabitating, but you're not necessarily married. Now, listen, I, I'm not saying what I'm saying right now to judge anybody. That's not what I'm doing. That's not my heart. My heart is not to judge you. My heart is not to put you down. My heart is not to condemn you. Um, 
But what I want to do is communicate to you the heart of God for stuff. Because I know that everyone has a journey and everyone has a reason why you're in the place you are. And many of you have got history and past and breakdown and things that have hurt. And so you're like, I don't want to go down that road again because of this experience or, or all the kind of, all the things you, you, that put up walls and barriers. I understand that you, everyone's on a journey. Some of you, you've come to Christ recently. You've come to faith recently. And that's just been your story. You've like been living together for, for, for donkey's years. And now you're in church. You're like, you're meeting God and God's transforming your life. You're like, all of a sudden, there's, this, there's, this, there's a complexity here now. There's a, there's a bit of a conflict here right now because the heart of God for you, friends, and I want to I make sure I stress this. I want to encourage you to take the leap and say, I do. If you're in this room right now, you're living together, your kids together, you've been together for a long time, maybe you're cohabitating, why not take the leap and do it right before God? Why not take the leap? Why settle for okay? Why settle for good? Don't settle for good when you can get God. And when you're in God and His way and His will and His plan, you come in line with like God's blessing. You come in line with God's favor on your life. You come in line with what God's best is for your life. And so, listen, I'm not saying that can to condemn anybody. All I'm saying is take a leap and trust God that He's got better than where you currently are. Amen? And I want to encourage you. There's all sorts of reasons why maybe you won't get married or don't want to get married. Um, yes, do all the prep work. Yes, do the pre-marriage. Yes, get godly wisdom. Yes, get pastoral counsel and advice and get, get all, do all the stuff beforehand before you take the leap and, and actually do it. But if one of the reasons you're saying, oh, we can't get married because we, we can't afford to get married, let me, let me let you in on something. We have done so many cheap, cost-free weddings, it's not even funny. Like, like we, if you want to get married, we will move heaven and earth to help, help make, it, make it work for you guys. You know, like I have done, and there is not just me, but me and others have done so many weddings in my office. Just of people who are like, hey man, we've been, we've been together for so long and we just know we need to get married and we don't want to make a big hoo-ha about it, but we want to do it right before God. So let's, can, we just, can we just get married? Like, yeah man, show up, get the license, come in on Friday, we'll do it at lunchtime. Let's just do it. Like, bring some witnesses. Like, let's, if you want to do it right before God, we can do it, man. We, can. we did a wedding once. We do three services on a Sunday morning at Botany. We did a wedding in the middle of the 1130 service. We, like at crunchy time, we're like, hey, guess what? Special crunchy time today. Here's what we're going to do. These people are getting married. Like one of our pastors got up and did the whole thing. And like everyone was their wedding guest. It was amazing. Like it was actually amazing. Here's, here's the thing. This is cool. On Valentine's Day, just a couple of weeks ago, we did a wedding for a couple who were in their 80s, who'd been together for over 40 years. And they decided in their 80s, the right thing to do was to get married. How good is that? That's amazing. Now, ladies, listen, you missed your day yesterday. There's a day in a, in a leap year, if you don't know, that a woman can propose to a man. Listen, I'm, I'm all about that equality life. So I, I just think, like, scrap that. Just ask the boy. You know what I mean? Like, let's extend the spirit of the 29th of February through the rest of this month. So let's just, I feel like we can do that. As the senior pastor, I have a new level of authority. And so I, I believe that that's what we're going to do. If you agree, just say amen. I appreciate you guys. Maybe, can the band maybe join me? That'd be amazing. I want to speak to the last, the last leap for us today, and that's this, the leap of I can't. The leap of I'm sorry, the leap of I do, and maybe the leap of I can't. A number of years ago, um, I discovered that I had some like food intolerances, some things that like weren't good for me. And I realized, I found out, discovered that, um, that dairy, like you know, butter, cheese, milk, ice cream, yogurt, all the amazing things in life, all the heaven-sent items. Like, I, those, I, I discovered that they were making me sick. So I know it's, it was devastating, devastating. 
So um, I discovered that by having these foods in my life and partaking in these foods and consuming these foods, they were actually making me chronically sick. And the way to get better and the way to get healthy and the way to get whole for me was to actually exclude those foods out of my life. And it made a, like, almost like a miraculous difference for me, take, just cutting those things out. And I just got better like instantly. It was just amazing. It was incredible. I, I say that to say this. There's some people in your life potentially right now that are making you sick. There's maybe some people in your life that they may have even been in your life for a long time. But the truth is, they're toxic to your life. They're making you sick. Like having them in your world is actually pulling you down. It's destroying your confidence. They're not leading you towards Jesus. They're not inspiring you to love God. They're not stirring you towards the things of the Spirit. They're not, they're, they're not encouraging you. They're not leading you to the life that you want to walk into. Like there's a life that you feel God's got for you. And, and, and it's like you just can't get there because these people, they keep pulling you the other way. In fact, some of you, there's these people that keep dragging you back to the old life that you died to when you met Jesus. And so you're like, man, I want what he has for me. But having these people in your world, it's like it's a toxic thing. It's, it's, like, it's, it's, it's not healthy for you. They're making you sick in your life. And I say that to say this, maybe it's time to take a leap to say, I can't. Like I can't, if I'm going to go forward into what I believe God's got for me and, and the wholeness that he has me, I can't have this relationship anymore. Like it, you, it's, it's toxic to me. Maybe you need to put some boundaries in place, put some distance in place, put some stuff in, in, in the way so that relationship is not so close and they're not you know, really destroying you. And you know, like if you've got the, one of these people in your life, you know, like as soon as I said it, you know, you know who they are, you know what it's like. And maybe, look, listen, if you want to go forward into what God has got for you, the free, full, abundant, flourishing life He has for you, you know you're never going to get there if this person is still so close. So maybe it's time to create a little, little distance, build some boundaries. Maybe it's time to stop following that person on Instagram. You know that person that every time you, their, their like story comes up, you're like, <laughs> like something weird rises up in you. It's like when you see their Insta story, you need deliverance. You're like, ah, like... Legion, like, come out, you know, it's, every time you see it, you're like, that, there's that, that, that bitterness, there's that, uh, that anger, there's that resentment, there's, there's those things. Listen, here's what's cool. Built into the Instagram app is a really cool button. It's called unfollow. I know it's amazing, right? It's like, unfollow. You don't have to see him again. You just unfollow that person. It's amazing. Then you can hashtag live your best life. It'll be amazing. You can be hashtag blessed. You can be hashtag living your truth. All those things. But some people in your world, you know, there's, there's a moment right now for some of you where the most powerful thing you could do in your spiritual walk is to say, I can't to some people. Say, I can't to that relationship. I can't to that boyfriend or girlfriend who you know is not taking you towards where God is leading you in your life. I can't. It's a, it's a powerful thing, but it's, it's a scary thing because it will require a leap for you. It's a, it's a leap to kind of go, I need to change this. I need to stop this. It's a leap to trust that if you no longer have that person in your life, that God will bring someone to you that can fill that void. That's a leap because you, well, if, if I get rid of them, who do I have? Who do I have? 
One of the most powerful things I learned was that when I gave my life to Jesus, every one of my close, close friends ditched me. Every one of them. Didn't want anything to do with me. I was alone. I was like, wow. But God filled that with so many amazing people. It's like a hundredfold what you have. God will pour out to you when you make the moves that He's calling you to move. I know it's tough. It takes a leap. Maybe, maybe this year, it's, instead of saying yes to that person who's toxic, maybe start saying yes to some people who will help you. Maybe it's time to say, I can't to you, but I can to a small group. Maybe it's time to like go, hey, you know what? I need to get around some people who are going to love me, who are going to encourage me. The purpose of our small group is to help you go forward into the future God's got for you and to get beyond the stuff from yesterday. So rather than having the person that keeps you in yesterday, get around some people that help you get free from yesterday. Get, get Move into what God's got for you. If they're going to pray for you every day, they're going to stir you up in God. They're going to encourage you. People that are going to build you up in your life. Friends, maybe it's time to say yes to a small group. There's a, there's a whole bunch of just started. There's probably some more that are going to be starting uh, in, in term two. I mean, you can just get on board if you want to get on board. And you're on the Connect card on the back of the seats. You, if, you, if you're interested in it, tick the box, man. Our guys would love to help you find a group of people that are going to help build you up. They're there. They're ready. Then they would love to have you in their life. I, I promise you, church, if you take a leap in your relationships, it might be the leap of I'm sorry and build some reconciliation. Maybe it's the leap of I do, you're going to make your marriage better, or maybe make the decision to go, you know what, we're going to do this right before God. Or maybe it's the leap of I can't. I guarantee you, if you can take a leap, that you will find your flourishing in God go to a whole nother level. You will find growth. You'll find potential. You'll find freedom. There's, honestly, what God will open up and do in your life, you will be absolutely amazed. And I want to challenge you, Papakuna Campus, 2020, it's time to take a leap. It's time to take a leap. The, um, I believe with all my heart, and I've preached this, I got saved at 18 and walking with Jesus for 19 years. Um, I believe with all my heart that the greatest relational leap you could ever take in your life is the leap to say yes to a relationship with Jesus. The greatest, the greatest relational leap. See, see what this is, is not a, it's not about a religion. It's not about ticking a whole bunch of boxes and then God's happy with you. It's about realizing there's a God who loves you and that because of the wrong stuff in our life, the Bible calls it sin, because of our living a life not aligned with what God would have for us, it's called sin. What it does is it creates a relational divide. It separates us from that relationship with God. And God, when He looks at that picture, when He looked at that picture, He's like, I'm not happy with that picture. Like His heart is that you would know Him and that you'd be reconciled to Him. But there was, a, there was a debt that we owed for the wrong stuff. There was a payment that was due. And so what does he do? He's like, you can't fix this yourself, so I'll fix it for you. He sends his own son, Jesus, to a cross. He lives a perfect, blameless life, sinless life. He dies on that cross. And as he dies on that cross, what he's doing is he's paying the payment. He's paying the ransom. He's taken upon himself everything you and I would do for our wrongs. And he paid the debt. And he offers to everyone here today, forgiveness for every wrong in your life. It's a free gift, free gift of grace. You receive it by faith. Freedom, forgiveness from all your wrongs or your guilt or your shame taken away from you. You get reconciled to your heavenly Father, brought back into right relationship with Him, not because of what you did, but because of Jesus on the cross for what He did. 
You get a brand new life, a brand new start. The Bible calls that being born again by the Spirit of God. It actually, it's amazing. When you say yes to Jesus, He gets in on the inside of you and fixes you from the inside out. He makes you a brand new person. You'll think different, talk different, act different. It's just, it's this amazing it's called being born again. God makes you a brand new creation from the inside out. Look, if, you, if you're sick of the way you're living, if you could have changed yourself, you'd change yourself by now. The reality is you can't change yourself. You need a God to intervene, to show up and change you from the inside out. God says He's got plans for your life, plans for future and hope. You're not meaningless. You're not pointless. This life that God has made you for has purpose to it. You're, you're gifted. There's things on your life that God wants to see you use for His glory and for His kingdom. And then you get this great promise of eternity in heaven with Him. This life we live is not the end of the story. There is a bigger picture that you and I are a part of. It's called eternity, and God is preparing it for you. And if you're here today and you're not in right relationship with God, you've never said yes to a relationship with Jesus. You've never asked Him for the forgiveness of your sins. Or maybe today you're honest and say, right now, I'm far from that relationship with God. I've known Him before, or I come to church every week, but I'm actually far from a personal, connected relationship with Him. I would love to invite you in this room, if you don't know him or if you want to get right with him today, to pray a very simple prayer with me. Can I ask everyone in this room just to bow your heads and close your eyes just for a moment?